music, news, entertainment. It's all right here. This is The Kelly Alexander Show. Hey, it's Kelly, and this week we are very excited to welcome award-winning Canadian recording artist Tate McRae. Tate is out on tour and made some time to talk to us when she rolled into Montreal. We discuss her song Greedy that is produced by hitmaker Ryan Tedder, what's the best thing about being out on tour, why she wants to be Drake for a day, and a whole bunch more. We also welcome Los Angeles-based singer-songwriter Bryce Vine chatting about his release Serotonin and working with Canadian EDM duo Loud Luxury, as well is dipping into our vintage vault for a chat with Canadian pop soul singer Jamie Fine about her EP, Eight Garden Gate. Listen anytime, anyplace, just a click away. KellyAlexanderShow.com Super excited to welcome to Virgin Radio, Tate McRae. Hi, Tate McRae. Hi, how are you? I'm super excited to have you back on the show. And uh, I have to start off by asking, who are your musical influences like when you were growing up and do they still stick with you today when you're producing the music that you do? Um, I mean, it's so hard because I have like such a little memory of what I listened to when I was like super young. I listened to like everything. My mom was a dance teacher, mm-hmm. so she was just always had music going on my whole life. Like we were playing classical music. She's German, so we played German music. We play like literally everything. So I didn't really have anyone that I was like super uh, focused on. But I mean, as a dancer, I always watch like Britney and Christina Aguilera and all the dancers. I feel like those were like the ones I was obsessed with. I love that you're obsessed with dance because I'm also obsessed with dance. Can we talk a little bit about your dance training and how that has helped you in your singing career? Because I'm sure you're able to draw upon those things. Yeah, I think um, dancers have like a totally different resilience, just like athletes. I think, you know, I just like worked really hard my whole life just because dancing is a really grueling sport. And yeah, I think that's a really important asset as a singer and an artist just to be able to like persevere and push through a lot of things. Um, so I think that would be pretty important. When you're putting your show together as you're on tour right now, do you personally pick your dancers and which choreographers do you want to work with? Oh, I do pick my dancers. There's so many choreographers who I have yet to work with. Um, I just worked with Sean Bankhead in uh, my new music video and I've been like dying to work with him for so long. He's so talented. But yeah, my, my dancers recently have been just like a dream to work with because they're just like legends in the dance community. It's very cool. Talk to us about your new song, Greedy, which is coming out very soon. Uh-huh. How did the collaboration come about with Ryan Tedder and what do you want people to take away from the song? So Tedder and I started writing in January and we had like a week of sessions. And obviously he's like <laughs> a genius. Like I feel like he like gets, I mean, he probably does get a lot of credit, but he is so, so unbelievably talented. Once you get into a room with him, he like, there's like, you can literally see like sparks above his head. Like it's just very crazy to be writing with another like artist. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we work really well together and it was very cool to do this song with him. And I feel like it happened pretty easily. And what do you want people to take away from the song? Is there a message behind it? Fun song? Yeah, it's a really fun song. I think this is honestly about empowerment and knowing what you want and confidence is the biggest thing. How would you say that your music has evolved in the last couple of years since like releasing Stupid to now? Oh my gosh. I mean, I was 16 when I dropped Stupid. So I think now as a 20 year old, I feel like my life is completely flipped on its head and like run a hundred laps. Like I feel like I just am a totally different person now. I write about different things. I read different things I've experienced different things, just feel older. Mm -hmm. And I think that affects your writing like tremendously. 
Is it important for you to have a hand in writing all of your songs? Yes. I, I've tried taking cut songs and I just don't like relate to them at all. Like if it's not my words, I don't think it like connects with me. Um, I think because writing is such a personal experience for me, I have to like go through things, talk about them through writing, not even through talking, through writing. And then I figure out like where I'm at in life. So that's like a big step for me that I like need to experience to like feel satisfied. Now I have to ask you because you're a Canadian artist, obviously you're an international artist, but when you're performing at home in Canada, does it feel different? Does it, does it, is it an extra special kick for you to be here? Um, it, obviously it's so special. I'm just very, I'm a very proud Canadian. I'm like, I feel like we've got a very good rep in the sense of just being like nice people. And I think that's like the best rep to have. Um, just be like really respected. But yeah, it, it does feel like home. I still have yet to play my hometown <laughs> because I'm so terrified of like performing for my friends from high school. Uh, but yeah, Canada is pretty special and they're awesome. Who is your favorite Canadian artist and, and do you want to collaborate with them? Um, ooh, I feel like The Weeknd is a big Canadian artist that I love. Same with Drake. <laughs> I think those would be cool to collab with. I heard you have uh, some admiration for Jessie Reyes also. Oh my gosh, she's incredible. A, the sweetest person ever, the coolest person ever. And she's just like a gem. Like I think her performance, like the Junos and everything is, she's just so talented. I love her. Talk to us about your friendship with Olivia Rodrigo, because I don't know if everybody knows that you guys are like buds uh -huh. and you were just in her new video, Bad Idea, right? So talk yeah. to us about uh, how you became friends and how you ended up in that video with her. Yeah, she's just one of my closest girlfriends in LA. It's really hard to find good people there because obviously it's everyone's trying to do the same thing there, <laughs> um, which I think makes it like a little like, uh, I don't know, the waters are a little murky, like with like friends figuring out like who's real, who's not. And she's just been a real one for me for like the last like two years. We just continuously gotten closer, especially the last like six months. She's become like one of my best friends. She just texted me and was like, hey, you want to be in this video? And it was like three of us close girlfriends. It was really cool. That's amazing. And I'm assuming because you're going through similar things, that's another added element of understanding in your relationship with her and with the others? Of course. I mean, being a creative is just a, like in this world is just very different um like a couple of them iris and maddie who are also in the video are actors too and it just feels like it's like a different like language like you guys all the talk talk the same we like watch the same shows we do the same things we think the same thoughts so i think it's just like uh we relate to each other a lot I wanted to ask you this about social media because all of you ladies obviously have massive followings on social media. Do you have a good relationship with social media or do you find it sometimes a burden? Even though I know that you probably are, and not probably are, you are a role model, whether you want to be or not, to your fans. I think, A, it's amazing because you're able to share as much as I'm able to and I'm able to like directly contact my fans, but it's also like the most terrifying thing ever. I mean like, there's no chance that any person is perfect in any sense. And I think uh, on social media, things just get put under a microscope and you have no control over what people are going to say. So they can completely make something up and it's just out of your hands, whether what people want to do with that. As a like 20 year old, it's like, there's no way I'm going to go the next like 10 years of my life and not slip up a couple of times. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think everything can just be skewed in ways that um, you maybe were never intentioned or I feel like it's, it's just so scary with what people can do. And also people are, the internet's getting worse and worse for like bullying and just being like really malicious. Mm -hmm. I think it's like less 
good vibes are being spread more and more, which sucks. What's the best and most challenging part about being on tour? Um, best part is by far like the energy of the shows. Adrenaline, like the feeling, the high of it is like unbelievable. Unlike anything else. The worst part, I mean, it's just like lonely. Like you go away and you miss your friends for like six months. Like, mm -hmm. and then you get like, you're like, oh, like I haven't seen you and you're, you know, um, you miss a lot of events from like your buddies and it just like sucks because you're just like, feel like you're like in your own bubble for a little bit. You talked about Los Angeles and also Calgary. Are you mainly in the States now or are you still home based out of Calgary? I'm mainly in LA now. Okay. I come home for like Christmas and Stampede. <laughs> You should perform with Stampede. I want to. One okay, year, next I, year? I would love to. Okay. Let me say. Uh, just a couple of qu uh, fast fact questions for you. So first of all, who's the coolest person apart from family and friends in your phone that you can call or text? Oh, coolest person in my phone? I don't know. I feel like I've, I have some cool people. I don't know, like Billie Eilish, <laughs> I think is cool. There we go. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. um, is there a household chore you actually like to do? No, <laughs> I'm like, I don't think anyone enjoys chores. Okay. Um, I'm also just like really bad at them. Like my apartment is, I need help. Like my mom really helps me through it. But I, sometimes I enjoy like cleaning services. <laughs> I think that's satisfying. Okay, very good. <laughs> is there an artist or producer that you would love to switch places with for one day? Just to see how their life goes. Mm, I would want to swap places with Drake for one day. Okay. Literally just to feel what it feels like to be Drake. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what TV show did you love as a kid and what TV show do you love now? Um, as a kid, I loved Wizards of Waverly Place with Selena Gomez. Have you met her yet? Uh, no. Okay. It's coming. <laughs> Best show ever. Um, and right now, I just finished Suits. And it's so good. <laughs> Great show. Amazing. And uh, two last questions. First of all, what do you want to say to your Montreal fans? Um, that I love you guys and you're so sweet and every time I come here you guys are so loud and excited and it feels very cool to be back in Canada. And last question, what are you uh, manifesting? What is Kate McRae manifesting over the next like six months to a year? So many things. Honestly, I've always write down my manifestations. I think it's just um, being as like present as possible. I think not getting like buried in like my phone and stuff, making sure I like take in everything on tour and you know, feeling very present for releasing music over the next couple months. Amazing. Tate McRae, you're awesome. And I love your song, Uh Oh. So Thank you. <laughs> it's my jam. Appreciate it's it. my jam. Uh -huh. uh, Tate McRae hanging out with us on Virgin Radio. Follow us on Instagram, Kelly Alexander Show. Super excited to welcome a guest that I've long wanted to chat to, to the Kelly Alexander Show. Uh, Bryce Vine, so many great songs, Drew Barrymore, La La Land, uh, I'm Not Alright with Canadian duo Loud Luxury, who we love on this show. Uh, there we are. That's I have questions about your collaboration, so that's coming up. Bryce, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to virtually be in Montreal. It's my favorite city in Canada. I'm not even lying. Amazing. What's your favorite restaurant here? Uh, okay, so oof, this is going to be tough because I don't remember. The only real like nice restaurants that I've been to in Canada, I, I went with Loud Luxury. They took me to Soto Soto and I only wanted to go because Drake sang about it. But that was in Toronto. So I can't give you an answer for that. All right. Promise me. I love French you, food. Promise me when you come here the next time that you'll try like La Banquise. Or, Should or I write the, 
Yeah, because right they've, they've got the they've got the good stuff. So, Bryce, let's start with the fact that you have a project out called Serotonin. Can you tell us about the EP and why you decided to drop it in two parts? It's not out yet, the first half, yeah. but I just released uh, a song from it last week called Gold Rush. And uh, the next one is coming out really soon. It's called Nostalgia, but the whole project comes out on March 3rd. People have very short attention spans now. Right. And I didn't want to like just blast people with like 12 songs that like while they're going about their day and doing what they're doing and listening to music and checking their Instagrams and everything that gives you momentary serotonin. I knew I was competing with that. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to give them little sections like and that way I can actually perfect how I want these things to sound. And I knew I had a tour. So I was like, all right, cool. Give them new songs. They'll know it by the time that the tour is over. Give them five more new songs. And then the idea is to put out a whole album with those and another one. People love new releases. They like, that's why we buy our, buy our presents for ourselves on Amazon. You know, we love just getting new things more than we like sustaining it. And tell me, cause I'm always fascinated about how an artist chooses their first single from a project. So how did you decide that gold rush was it? And was it a challenging decision? No, it's all about when I wrote it and what I was feeling at the time. And if I feel like that fits right now, the whole project is around all the things that give us serotonin, whether it's a good thing or bad thing from drugs to social media, to just watching your daughter play with bubbles for the first time. Like it's so many different ways that we get the dopamine fixes. And I was like in Tulum when I wrote this song, gold rush, it was over. Uh, it was just when COVID was kind of, on the back burner finally and all these people had been kind of getting used to doing more and more drugs i don't remember when that started but it definitely became heavier during the pandemic i'm in tulum and i'm looking out at this beautiful beach and all the people that i'm with have their backs to the water and they're all drugged out and they're staring at their phones and there's this beautiful view in the back of them and that's what inspired me to write that song so that just felt like to go in a dark place for the first part of serotonin felt like the right way to go. There's plenty of like more positive vibe songs on there. And when you hit the road, cause we know you're, you're hitting the road and you're coming to Montreal. What do you want your fans? Like, like, can you, can you tease us a little bit with what's coming or, and, and, and what you want your fans to take away from your show? Yeah. I, uh, the reason that I ended up calling this serotonin or I finally figured out that's what it was. Uh, cause I realized that's like what my music and show is for people. It's just like a rush of it. My, <laughs> I had a weird thing happen in San Diego uh, during a show where I watched a guy put his hands on a girl right in front of me and I jumped off the stage just kind of reaction wise. And people thought I was like jumping into like start a fight with somebody. I was just trying to like make him leave. And some girl messaged me later that she really appreciated and that the music gave her instant serotonin. I was like, okay, so that's what it is for fans. It like makes them feel better about whatever it is they're going through and how they feel when they arrive there and how they feel when they leave. So it's more of that. It's like the feeling of missing your childhood, the feeling of rolling the windows down with your best friends and like capturing that moment. Like I, I have fans that beat cancer to my music and I have fans that get drunk to it. So it's like all kind of encompassing. When you are on stage, do you uh, 
like, are you able to pick out audience members or are you like in a zone? Cause I, I'm always interested to see like, you know, I always think this, the artist is looking at me. So I'm, I'm hoping the artist is looking or can you pick, like pick people out of a crowd? Yeah. All, all the time you have like, it's, it's, it's like the first, I'd say like t- 10 rows, you could pick people out and then it just becomes a blur of faces, but you see like the same people in the front row, you know, the diehards, you give them the mic, you know, you point at them, you show them special love because you know, they've been around for a long time, you know, and then there's also new faces in the front, second, third rows. And sometimes, yeah, you just like, they can see you make eye contact with them. You do the same hand signal that they're doing, or you, um, now everybody can do this, kind of annoying phone thing where they can send you a message just holding it up yeah <laughs> you know that it's a little distracting but i kind of love it because i don't have to wonder what somebody wants be in my be real okay <laughs> easy oh yeah thanks for reminding me i need to do it all right here we go everybody be real so it's like that's kind of dope but yeah of course i pick people out okay now Talk to us about some of the influences musically that you had growing up as a kid. And if you find that sound or those influences creeping into the music that you're producing. Yeah. All the time, all the time here at creeping in, um, I had a variety of artists that I liked growing up. It was all over the place. Third eye blind gorillas, Tupac, um, rancid was one of my favorite bands when I was in a punk band. In high school, uh, I listened to a lot of Bob Marley when I sang his ensemble at Berkeley. Uh, when Kid Cudi came around, he became one of my big ones. Uh, Chance the Rapper, Frank Ocean. But then also, like, I I love Bob Sinclair and some dance music. I love Rufus DeSoul, and now I'm starting to write more of that. But it all affects, you know, like the more that you can take in, and the more that you could find appreciation for it, there's a fan base for it. So you, I just like throwing ideas out all the time. Try to never make the same song twice, you know? Now, I was doing some research on you, uh, preparing for our little chit chat. And I saw an interview that, that you did a while ago talking about how you're a sentimental guy and that you keep movie tickets uh, <laughs> like back in the day. Do, do you still do stuff like that? And and when, yeah, like, are you still into that vibe and, and being sentimental and keeping nostalgia present? I mean, nostalgia is the name of the next song that's coming out. Um, so, yes, but movie tickets, not so much anymore because everything's digital. True. You know, I still have the ones that I had, but like they were hard paper then, you know, and now it's like if you, it's just the receipt basically that you get from your phone scan at the movie theater it's not the same anymore i keep concert tickets and i keep plane tickets more often now to remind me of where i've been tell me about a concert ticket that you've kept that mean like really means something to you i went i did a song at cheat code show in la those are friends of mine but i actually went out into the crowd after i did my part and like watched from the back and like how the crowd was responding because i never get to be in the crowd um unless i am just you know having fun at a show uh but yeah yeah that was the last one so tell us how your collaboration came about with loud luxury like i know it's been a few years now but we still play the song you know on the station that i work for virgin radio uh we love it and i remember hearing it for the first time and i'm big fans of of those guys and so hearing your voice it was just like wow because it was so different from what they've 
they've done before. And so how did you guys collaborate and meet each other? Uh, literally was just with Joe two nights ago. He's become like a brother to me. I love that kid. I think we, so we met like five years ago. I went over to their house in LA. Um, I'd never met them, but I'd heard body and they played a couple things. And I had like played just some random things that producers had sent me. And then I was just like, I just had this song that I had written on acoustic guitar that was like kind of in a country vibe. I didn't know what I was going to do with it. I just started playing it and they both turned around from the computer and they're like, what's that? And I'm like, oh, it's just like this idea. And they're like, no, 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 no. That's our next single. And that was it, man. And they were dead right. Yeah. It's crazy. It's such a great song and it's so different. And and the one of the things that stuck out to me the first time I heard it was just, again, how like you have such a unique voice because there's many artists that are out there, especially in the music that I play, um, that, you know, they sound very similar. Like you could probably be like, is this per this person or is it that person? Because it sounds the same. You sound very different from what is out there. Uh, what does that mean to you that you actually like legitimately have a unique voice? Uh, thank you. It's 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 honestly like. I always loved that growing up about artists, you know, the ones that I mentioned, I think were all very specific sounding people. And maybe that's what drew me to them. So uh, I never had like a huge range. I always had like a low voice ever since I was like 18. So I wasn't going to be really one of those people that could like wail like Bruno Mars and stuff like that. So at least I had, you know, uh, the uniqueness to the voice and because I write the way I do and read and like, try to use interesting lyrics. I think it all just kind of like it, it helped to create the sound a little bit. So I appreciate the acknowledgement. Um, now I told you off air before we started recording that I'm a huge fan of soap operas. And so I needed to give a shout out to my <laughs> mom because she was on passions for years. And I think that's amazing. Did you go to set? Like, were you on passions? Like, did you hang out? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. So for, for everyone that doesn't know what she's talking about. Yeah. My mother was a, a soap opera person she played a doctor on a soap opera for like 10 years um and i pretty much grew up on set yeah just grew up in her dressing room because like my parents were never together so when i when i was with her i was in her dressing room and it's a fun place to be it is amazing you know why because cassettes are like how america used to be they're like these safe little communities where everyone kind of lives in the same place and goes to eat in the same place and you kids can run around and it was like that's what i uh, the nuclear family was like <laughs> amazing well please tell mama ross that i advocate for her to come to my favorite soap the young and the restless and so whatever <laughs> please please oh tell God. her she needs to audition and get out there because i think i think it's fantastic uh and i love soap operas to this day i tape young and the restless every day so it's you know what's, what's really funny i'll just tell you before before my mom got that show we were dead broke like you know completely broken she went to a psychic and they told her that she was going to uh, have a career as a doctor but not in the way that she expected and she was like well i know that's not true because i didn't go to medical school <laughs> and, but that was what she the craziest thing like I, she's told me that story multiple times so i know it's true because she still remembers and you know moms love to repeat themselves yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, please give her a high five from the Kelly Alexander show. Um, and before I let you go, just a couple of quick questions. Uh, if you could switch switch places with another artist or producer for for one day, who would it be and why? Dang, that's a good question. 
if I could switch places, just based on their catalog, right? You never know what anyone's going through. Dang. I mean, two very different people. All right. I'll say John Mayer. Yeah. And or Drake. I would I would need to know what that was like. <laughs> I, I think that, <laughs> you know, and that work ethic, yeah. the Canadian work ethic. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, true. We got some dudes up here. The weekend, Bieber, like we know how to we know how to roll. Bless you, Cara. We're all good. You said um, producer, so I'll say one more Diplo yeah. because he's just his career has been insane production wise. That guy's brain is nuts. He made paper planes. People forgot about that. Mm -hmm. One of the greatest songs of all time. And yeah. from like 2006, he also yeah. produced that. Crazy. <laughs> Uh, apart from your family and friends, who's the coolest person in your phone? Miguel. Oh, that's hot. Okay. I like that. Yeah. That's very good. Very good. <laughs> um, what, uh, what do you do to procrastinate? Oh, what do I do to procrastinate? Yeah, like, or to if get you have like something you have to do, but you procrastinate watching, I don't know, YouTube videos or. What do I do to procrastinate? TikTok. Okay. <laughs> TikTok. And uh, last question. Do you have a message for your Montreal fans? I can't wait to see you guys. It's going to be so fun. It's the first show of the tour. So it's always like we're high energy. We're happy to be out. Um, I have a little trouble crossing the border of Canada, uh, but who doesn't, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's the only struggle. Uh, Bryce, it's been so awesome to have you on the show. I can't wait to, to you know have you come to Montreal and I hope to meet you in person one of these fine days. And I need all your res restaurant recommendations. And I, need I will do that. Well, they can DM me. I'll check it. Perfect. Uh, Bryce, thank you so much. Hey, thank you. Nice to meet you. Like us on Facebook. Kelly Alexander Show. Very excited to welcome to the show Juno nominated recording artist Jamie Fine, who has a brand new EP out that I've been waiting for for months. Eight Garden Gate. Uh, Jamie, welcome back to the show. Buddy, I come on here to get hyped up. Okay. <laughs> This is perfect. I love it. I have so many questions for you. So first of all, the last time I interviewed you was just after the news broke that you and Elijah had decided to go your separate ways for solo careers. So how has that journey been in the last like two plus years? Because like I interviewed you like October of 2020. Yeah, it was it was a while ago. You know what? It's been it's been two of the most uh, there's a couple adjectives I could use uh, to the most tumultuous for sure. Um, I've never learned more lessons than I, I have in the last two years, um, but it, it, it came through or with a lot of T tough lessons, a lot of uh, grieving, a lot of loss um, and a lot of really great times as well. Like it was it was so there was no middle ground these last two years. It was either super high or super low. Um, and that was tough to say the least, but um proud I got through it for sure. Now, do you and Elijah, because I know when I, we last spoke um, interviewed, I should say we've spoken since then, but um like he was involved on some level with your single sellout that came out at the time. Do you guys still collaborate at all or no? We don't. There's a, there's one song uh, on my own on the EP that uh, he was part of when we first uh, did the first, first version of it, but uh, no, not since then. Uh, I think sellout was, it was tough. Cause we were thinking about sellout kind of being our, our next uh, song. 
um, at the time, I believe, if I remember correctly. And when I had kind of decided to walk away from the project and walk away kind of from that group, um, Cello was a really interesting time for me because I actually kind of thought about going with a, a different record. Um, and my team at the time was like, no, you got to go with this one. Uh, and we put Cello out and it kind of didn't didn't really go the way that we had planned it. Um, and I think that was the final hurrah for me of being like, OK, I, I got to I got to take a step back and like really reevaluate what I want. Um, and so it was kind of a blessing in disguise that, that song came out because um, it, it really launched me into this like, OK, I'm taking care of me right now and reevaluating me in this industry. At the time, you had put on social media a quote that said that you needed to fall in love with music again. So since that, the two years plus, have you fallen in love with music again? I have like madly, madly, madly. Um, yeah, I hadn't with Sellout. I, I think it was one of those things where it, it was me selling out while putting out a song called Sellout, you know, and, and I have to be as honest as I can about that. It wasn't until I took the last two years completely back um, and wrote for other amazing artists and really decided to let myself wonder if I ever wanted to be an artist again. And that was the toughest question I've ever had to ask myself and the toughest process I've ever had to go through. Um, but taking the pressure off me being an artist allowed me to remember why I wanted to be one in the first place. Uh, and and, and I, I'm like so thankful for that process. So new EP is out called Eight Garden Gate. So explain title and also explain... Uh, the sequence of the songs, one through six. Yeah. So Acorn Gate is my childhood home. Don't go visit it. <laughs> There's other people living there. They're not going to be happy with me. Acorn Gate is my childhood home. And when I was, I mean, it's the only home I, I had ever lived in up until 18. And then I had moved out with my first partner. And then I had been back a couple of times. <laughs> Sorry, Ian, fine. Uh, but uh, it was kind of this place for me that just, it was my safe place. It was somewhere that I felt I just felt like I could be me um, and, and I was so comfortable there and every other part of my life kind of felt always really uncomfortable throughout my whole life until I really came into myself. And my parents decided to put that house up for sale. And I was like, y'all, why? Uh, and I was like a couple years away from being able to like buy it myself, but the neighborhood was changing and it was like, my parents were like, no, like we're done with this place. And I was devastated and I, when it sold it it these all, all these things were of course not connected but it felt like this catalyst for all these really yeah just like things happening in my life um and they happened one after another and there wasn't enough time in between each to like process them in the way that i usually would it process them in the way that i believe in processing things and so throughout the process of writing this ep i realized i had to let go of that house just as much as i needed to get through all the things that happened after that house sold um, and that's why I felt like it was a fitting title. If you listen to the EP from song one to song six, it starts with me at this time in my life where I was like, I don't know if I can get, you know, get out of this. And I don't know if I can, I don't know how. Uh, and as, you know, as dark and honest as that is, it's as honest as I can be. Uh, and the last song ends up with me in the most incredible place I've ever been in throughout my entire 29 years, uh, the most grounded and I would say I still live in highs and lows, but I'm better equipped to deal with all of it. Um, and just with the most incredible people around me and the most incredible team that I've always wanted. Uh, and, and it's incredible to kind of see the process listening for me, listening back to the EP one through six. I'm like, oh, God, I'm, it's not just about me going through it. It's about me getting through it. And I don't think I've ever written a project like that before. 
obviously all of the songs are your babies, but as we speak right now, is there one that particularly calls out to you? Uh, I mean, I think Confessions is always going to be a, a, you know, a, a have hold a special place kind of for me. Um, it, it's it's about a lot of really tough things in my life, and it, it's about all of them at once. For you, the last song on the EP uh, is probably one of my favorite songs I've ever written. Uh, it's about my partner now, Vic, and and it's. I've always wanted to write a song like that without being cheesy. And I think that I accomplished it. Hopefully don't friggin' answer that if you think differently. Uh, but I feel like I accomplished that with this song for you. So I'm, I'm that one and performing it live is like, it's the greatest feeling in the world. So you mentioned uh, 29. So 30 is on the horizon. 30 is on the horizon. I'm excited. Are, so are you excited? Because I know for some people, it's like, like when I was 29, I wasted half the year being upset about turning 30. And so- nah, I'm excited. I'm like, you know what? I think I've heard enough people say you peak in your 20s or 30s, excuse me. And I, I mean, I, I peaked in like grade eight, but, and it was all downhill from there. But no, I, I, I hear that 30s are phenomenal. I think 20s are for learning. Uh, I, I think it's for falling flat on your friggin' face and, and learning how to get back up. Um, and I, I did that in my 20s more than enough times. And I feel so equipped for 30. It's ridiculous. So I'm pumped. Now, I also follow you, unsurprisingly, potentially stalking you a little bit on social media. Uh, so, so I see the happiness that is uh, exuding from you now, I think for many reasons, but also because of your love that you've got going on. Yeah. So um, did that, is that playing a part in the, in, the, in the way you're writing music these days? I know you spoke about for you being of this relationship, but now like, are you all about writing love songs for the next little while? Because I will never, I will never only write love songs ever i'm dark and twisty like meredith gray buddy you can't change me um you know what i love writing I, of course uh, you know i'm i'm a very like emotional songwriter i love writing about what i feel in the moment and of course most days i am outrageously in love um but i love being real and i think that's one of the things i love about vic is that she allows me to express myself without any limitations uh when we're having a tough day i'm writing about it uh and it's devastating and then the next day we work through it and i'll write about that and i think it's nice to kind of have a partner next to me that um i don't feel insecure writing that way because there's a lot of people i've been with who are like wait is this about me and like they get really insecure and in the back of my head i'm like sure is <laughs> sure freaking is uh but i can't say that right or else it'll come out on a relationship we're such a strong um you know, partnership that I'm able to to do what I need to do to get my emotions across in what I do, which is music. Now, last check, you were living in Ottawa. And I know, obviously, when you were with Elijah, uh, you were doing work in Toronto, you've been in Montreal, like, where is home now? And do you, and if it's still in Ottawa, do you think you will have to move to Toronto or Montreal full time at some point? Uh, I, home is still Ottawa. I will, you couldn't pay me to move to Toronto. You could not pay me money. If you said, Jamie, I'm giving you a billion dollars, I'd be like, go give it to somebody else. I'm not doing it. I just can't find my calm in that city. I think the music industry is quite different in that city. Um, I, don't get me wrong. I don't think there's a huge music industry in Ottawa, but there's a talent there that, uh, and this isn't speaking poorly on Toronto. There's huge talent everywhere in every city you can find it. Um, but I have, you know, Ottawa is my place and I feel most calm there and most safe there. I would rather like fly in and I, in fact, I've done this many times. I'd rather fly in and out same day to Toronto. It's a 45 minute flight. Um, you know, that it takes longer to get downtown Ottawa and rush hour traffic. So I'd rather fly in and out of Toronto any day, every day if I had to. 
Now that uh, concerts are back, you know, as we've rolled through the the crazy that was the last two and a half years, um, do you plan to do shows coming up in the next like X amount of months? And and will we see you here in Montreal? For sure. I, I just um, I just uh, played uh, Toronto and Ottawa and I wanted to kind of get those under my belt. Uh, we actually weren't even planning on playing a lot before the end of the year. Uh, and it just kind of happened. Uh, and we were able to sell out both rooms and that felt really good. And I think it got us on this kick of being like, oh, we, we got to get back on stage because we were, as you mentioned, like we were missing that for a couple of years. And it's such a huge part of what I love about what I do. Montreal is a really important city to us. It has, a, you know, I think they're like my second biggest listening city on all platforms. So uh, I just released a song with Alicia Moffat, who who Montreal knows well. Uh, and I'm hoping that's going to kickstart me being able to do a show. I'm playing a couple with her, I think. So it'll be a lot of fun getting back in this market. When we played MTELUS with Mariana's Trench, that was my drummer's favorite show we've ever played ever. You guys party? <laughs> Like you should be put on the map. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> That's how we roll. Like Whoa. a million percent, a million percent. Uh, and by the way, like, uh, you know, we still spin your Elijah tunes on, you know, on Virgin here. And okay. like, it's just like, there's a reason why we're still playing it. You know what I mean? Here in Montreal. So you're the bomb. You guys now have all day ones, man. <laughs> now that eight garden gate is out. Um, what is up next for you? Like, are you, are you writing songs for other artists? Like, are you writing more stuff for you? Like what's coming? You know what? I'm, I finally found a really healthy balance of both. Um, I got some really cool opportunities last year to write for some really cool artists. Um, and I'm continuously doing that working, you know, collaborating with some, some great people domestically and some great people abroad. Um, and, uh, you know, finding a healthy balance between being able to do my own artist stuff as well. Uh, I'm glad to say we have like a roster ready for next year already. Um, I went to LA, uh, last month, uh, with, with my producer, Bynan. Uh, and we just collaborated with such cool songwriters and other producers and made music that I'm really excited to put out for next year. A Garden Gate was like me hitting this gas like I never have before and saying, this is the quality of music you're going to be getting from me. And this is the array of music you're going to be getting from me. Uh, and now that that wall's kind of down and that barrier's down, the music's just pouring out for both myself and for other people as well. How would you um, categorize your sound these days? Like how, what is Jamie's fine sound? I mean, I think everything's pop, you know, like, it, you know, what makes a pop song is structure. Um, but I, I really, you know, I said this from the beginning when, when I was back with, um, with Elijah Wizzick's Jamie Fine, uh, I always kind of said that my music wouldn't have any limitations, but they did. Uh, and now I can finally kind of make music that has everything. If you listen to the CP, uh, again, top to bottom, you have a ballad, you have a bubblegum pop record, you have a TikTok song, um, you got something that's a little bit more funky, uh, and then you have like a singer-songwriter love song. That's what I want with my music. I, I don't have boundaries with my music. I, you know, you're not going to see me probably rapping on a record anytime soon, more than likely. Uh but I want to do everything and everything. And I want the cohesive thing to be my voice. And as long as there's that, I think I'm good. Now I want to put out into the universe and, and hopefully you'll, you'll agree with me. I want like a Jamie fine collab with like, um, like Alessia Cara or maybe like a Tyler Shaw or like a Jocelyn Alice. If you and Jocelyn, Alessia, are you like, are you, are you buds with like Jocelyn Alice? Like you guys should, connect we you know what we like we know of each other for sure let's yeah all those guys i know that let's go let's yeah. go 
Oh God! I, I love the two of you, and I I would be obsessed if you guys released a song because I also put it out into the universe that Jocelyn should work with Rhea May, and they did, right? So friggin' right! Oh, Jocelyn's voice melts me. She's and she's an incredible songwriter as well. Yeah, um, yeah I think we we, we were kind of chatting. I think back and forth a little bit, and I think all those collabs are like so important. And now that I've gotten a chance to be in the rooms again, because for two years, everything was over zoom and we got real sick of it real quick. Um, I think now that we've gotten the chance to like be in rooms again, it feels so good to collaborate that like I'm on a collaborative kick right now. Amazing. So that's in the universe. Before I let you go, I have a couple of questions for you, but the the, the last big one, I guess, is uh, what message do you have for your Montreal fans? Oh God, let's party. And that's it. Let's friggin' party. Show me how it's done. No, honestly, that M Tele show was was one for the books. We watch it back over and over again to remind ourselves of the standard of show we want to play. And that's not because we were on fire la- that night. It was because you guys were on fire that night. Um, and I don't think there is seldom a crowd that gives me that energy back and Montreal does it. So I, I just, I can't wait to play in front of you guys again. And thank you for supporting the music like day friggin' ones always since the beginning. And it means the world. Couple of fast back questions for you. What is your favorite way to procrastinate? Oh God. Oh, <laughs> vampire diaries. <laughs> That's well, fair. What is your favorite um, takeout food? Mmm, Golden Palace in Ottawa. Okay, what is that? It's the greatest Chinese food restaurant in the world. Uh, <laughs> their egg rolls are famous. They ship them all around the world and they sell them at Sens Games. So, Golden Palace. Now, if you could collaborate with any artist or producer on the planet right now in the top 40 world, who would it be and why? Louis Capaldi. Easy Louis Capaldi. I, I just met him in LA, actually. Uh, I think he's one of like the funniest dudes and he is unforgivably him and he makes no apologies. But then he makes us ball, like ball our <laughs> eyes out. And I'm like, how do you have a song that makes me cry? And then you have a billboard with you in your underwear. I don't <laughs> understand, but that's my aesthetic. That's what I want in life. Uh, so Louis, 100%. Okay, cool. Um, if you could change places with any artist for one day, who would it be and why? I mean, I mean, Lewis, but um, <laughs> if I could change places for one day, like just one day, just one day. Yeah. Just to see what their life is like. You're the worst. <laughs> I was doing so well. By the worst, do you mean the best? <laughs> yeah, that's true. You could see it that way. Um, I would say, I would say Sean Mendez before he took a step back because clearly his life is very tumultuous. But playing in that stadium with that crowd, I have always wanted to experience. Now, I would probably say Ed Sheeran, um, because he's like. He can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. And he seems to have a really cool life. Who is the coolest person on your phone apart from your family and friends? Good one. You. (laughs) (laughs) You're pretty sick. Uh, I would say Guy Fieri for sure. Guy Fieri for sure. That's that ranks up there. That's I don't know if he comes quite to me yet, but like that's no, no, no. Like it's you. And then I said second. Do you know what? That's why I said him second, because he's like, you know, I love you. I'm so proud of you. And I cannot wait till you come to Montreal. So thank you for doing this. I appreciate you. Thank you. You're 10 out of 10 always. 
Uh, that is the always amazing Jamie Fine. Make sure you follow her on her Instagram at Jamie Fine Music. The Kelly Alexander Show. Well, that does it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for spending time with us on the show. We always appreciate it. And a big thank you to our guests, Tate McRae, Bryce Fine, and Jamie Fine. My thanks, of course, to our producer, Andrew Sabino, for doing such a great job putting the show together. And don't forget that we have a lot of other shows that you should be checking out, including our homage to the 90s, 90s Now, where we discuss the music, fashion, entertainment, pop culture, everything that could possibly go on with the 90s and you can find all that information on our website as well as our social media handles, kellyalexandershow.com. Have an amazing week. You and I will chat soon. The Kelly Alexander Show.